the Bears have won! Three-man rush. Cousins. On the last play of regulation. Chucks it to the end zone. Caught. Michigan State's caught it on a rebound. Touchdown. Michigan State. Down. High snap. Kelly has to collect it. Makes a desperation heave into traffic. Treadwell off his hands and into the hands of Odebajo. A crazy cam and a touchdown for the Rebels. Snap to Franks. Franks dropping back, stepping up, running the ball, looking, looking. He's going to heave one deep down the field. It's going to be to the goal line. It's going to be gone. It's a touchdown. And the Gators have won the game. Ah, doesn't go down. Griffin inside the 10. Michigan stakes Jalen wants Jackson and he scores on the last play of the game. Unbelievable. Rosen fakes the spike in the end zone. Touchdown. Whoa. Jordan Leslie. Dan Marino would be proud. No, does not have the leg. And Chris Davis takes it in the back of the end zone. He'll run it out to the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. He ran the midfield goal back. He ran it back 109 yards. They're not going to keep him off the field tonight. Holy cow. Maryville, what's going on? We are back. Here on another beautiful Tuesday in Maryville, Missouri, Austin McNorton, Nolan Brooks here with you. And we are going to be, for the next two hours here on KZLX LP Maryville, we will be discussing college football. We will also be discussing college football. And finally, we'll be discussing some more college football. And mm-hmm. it, it was a tremendous week three yet again. Um, there actually weren't as many high-profile games that um, we've been treated to in the first um, couple of weeks of the season. But when you truly look at it um, from the week, I mean, there were just as many as exciting games. And maybe um, you could honestly say there were more upsets than there have been throughout the season. And <laughs> So we will get into all that. We're going to, in the first hour, we're going to recap the three conferences that we primarily cover here on Tuesday Takeover, which is the Big Ten, Big 12, and SEC. And then in the second hour, we will preview some of those teams. We will also look at an article that was written by ESPN on way too early bowl projections on some of those teams from those perspective conferences. So as we do every week, we will start the show with looking at the brand new AP poll that was released um, coming out with um, the new updates of all the teams and et cetera. So let's start. We will start with um, let's just start. Should you, you want to start with first of all, Nolan, how are you? I'm good. I'm doing <laughs> Great. good. Great. It, it's it's only Tuesday and it feels like. It's busy week Friday afternoon. Already, huh? Yes, very, very already busy. Exams all week. That's how I felt last week, week, so I feel you. 
yeah, just just a busy week, but it was, I'm happy to be here with you and talk college football and, and it was quite, update the people on, on, on what's going on. Exactly. It was honestly quite the weekend here in Maryville as well as the number seven team in the nation, the Northwest Missouri State Bearcats, defeated the Washburn Ichabods. Um, the, that call was here live on X106, went really well. It was a really good game, um, and we look forward to following the Bearcats where next two weeks from now the next game will be on X106 where the Bearcats will be taking on University of Central Oklahoma a team that beat Northwest just a season ago so you can tune into that on X106 also don't forget that the Spoof Hounds are on KZLX this Friday night Andrew Botwinick and Sam Steinmeier will be on the call for that um that will be a lot of fun to listen to if you're a Spoofhound fan, which everyone in this area is because they're pretty darn good. Here's some other teams that are pretty darn good. When you look at the new AP poll, so let's start from one down. We'll look at, obviously, the top, well, when you look at it, the top seven, eight, nine did not change. Um, is this, am I on the right week here? Yeah, I'm on the right week. I'm surprised. Yeah, the top nine did not move the top, at all. I was like, man, is that right? The top nine did not move at all. Of course, those teams being Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Auburn, and Florida in that order, one through nine. I mean, I don't disagree with any of it. They all played pretty mediocre teams, and they all won pretty handedly. So, except for Florida, actually. Florida. Yeah, Florida had a pretty good test, but uh, the reason they didn't move was because they knew that was going to be a tough SEC conference game. Yeah. And I'm also surprised they didn't move down, though, because they're starting quarterbacks out for the rest of the season. Tough to be a Gators fan. Yeah. They really hate to see it. It, it. It's looking really rough right now for Florida, but they still managed really to get the win. For, yeah. But, I mean. Did they end up winning that just game? It's a roller I think they, coaster. I'm trying to see if they actually ended up winning. So, uh, and then we look at number 10, Utah, who moved up a spot. Michigan, who dropped back a spot. Texas at 12. Wisconsin at 13. They moved up a spot. Penn State at 14. UCF at 15. They moved up two spots. Oregon dropped down one to 16. Texas A&M dropped down one to 17. Iowa moved up a spot after their win in Ames. To number 18, Washington State moved up to a spot after their win in, in Houston to 19. Boise State moved up two spots. Boise State off to a quick 3-0 start. Moved up to number 20. Number 21, a team that's actually been pretty hot, uh, the Virginia Cavaliers. 3-0 start. They moved up four spots. Um, Washington moved up one spot to number 22. And then rounding out the top 25, three teams that were not ranked. In California, Arizona State, and TCU, the Horn Frogs coming in at number 25. And Nolan, that's a team that you were actually pretty high on this season. We both picked them, we did, both picked them to beat Purdue um, with their dual quarterback threat. I like the Horn Frogs, and I don't think a lot of people have been giving them credit to start the season, but now maybe they're starting to get some credit that they've deserved all season. Well, yeah, I mean, they're they're starting to show you that maybe they're not you know, college football playoff bound or anything like that. They're not making a huge push. They're probably not going to win the Big 12, but they're getting a respect level and to get into the top 25 exactly. by the way they're playing. Um, 
I mean, I'm not surprised TCU moved in. I am surprised that Arizona State jumping 11 ranking spots to get to 20. That is impressive. That is very impressive. But Arizona State did take down a 18th ranked Michigan State. So and man, let's talk about that game. Well, we'll talk about it a little later. But just a sneak peek. That we'll tease it. We'll tease it. That was a pretty brutal way for Michigan State to lose. Um, and so, yeah, Arizona State moving up that high is imp- maybe surprising, but still an impressive win I mean, regardless. I agree they should have moved up, but maybe 11 spots. That's – I mean, think about think about how many teams you have to jump and have to be considered over to move 11 spots into the top 25 – are you telling me Arizona State's better than a K State or an Oklahoma State? You know, they're it just yeah. doesn't make any sense to me. But I mean, hey, all the power to them. You go out and you beat a ranked opponent at home, then you know, consider them, and there you go. Surprisingly, considering they're put into it, still quite a few. Um, teams from the Pac-12 in the AP poll. Definitely a lot better representation than what we saw last season, of course. Arizona State, California, Washington, all right there. Um, Washington State at 19, Oregon at 16, um, and Utah all the way up at 10. And so when you look at Utah, and Utah doesn't get a lot of recognition in the the media, so let's talk about them a little bit because we won't talk about them we don't talk. We don't cover the Pac-12 here too heavily because we just have so much to go over with the other three conferences. But when you look at Utah, they went through the non-conference without much difficulty, um, and they started the year as the Pac-12 favorite. So the next two weeks, I think with Pac-12, would well with Utah specifically, will decide a lot. Um, they play at USC and then they host Washington State. Um, USC just recently dropped out of the rankings, and Washington State up there at 19. So. Really, the Utes should lead um, um, head to USC with a lot of confidence, really, um, because Utah handled BYU, and that's a team that USC just lost to. Um, so I think Utah, when you were looking at it, I think it was kind of a toss-up at the beginning of the season. Who was going to be the favorite? Was it going to be Oregon? Was it going to be Utah? And right now, Utah is taking that um, early advantage heading into conference play. They went through the non-conference pretty, pretty well. Um. So then we look at. I mean, look the top the top ten teams. They are really. I mean, it is. It's interesting. I think in college football this year, maybe maybe this is a question for you. Is is it a little top heavy? Like you think because these top ten teams are so so good. I mean, they're kind of in, interchangeable right now to me because. I think any of them could beat any of them right now. Like, and any opponents that they face the rest of the season that's not each other, I think they, they as of right now, from what I'm seeing, I would pick them in pretty much every game because they look so. All of these top ten teams look incredible. Well, yeah, I look at it two ways. Um, okay. First way being this isn't anything new. True. You get a you get your power ten established in three weeks. It happens every year where ten teams just kind of pop out. And you're like, okay, these ten, uh, maybe maybe Utah and Michigan. That that's kind of close, um, but a little bit a little bit of a toss up. But if you look at say one through eight, uh, I mean, you get your first eight established immediately. Yeah. Oh I yeah. Also look at it as, I think this this top eight 
is not going to last. Oh, no, it's not. That's another really good point because— It's not going to last because of the some of the matchups that are, that coming, are coming up, up this, this week. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Which we'll get into that. Yeah, exactly. We don't want Stay to tuned. Get Stay yeah, tuned for that. that that's, that's, that's more <laughs> content for later. But <laughs> this top eight isn't going to change, so that whole top-heavy thing is not going to exist. You're going to see some teams get moved around simply from one week, and I think that's amazing. But yes, for right now, you're gonna you're always gonna have a top eight get established immediately and not move around. That happens every year. So that is the newest AP poll for week four. We're gonna preview these games a little later. We're gonna recap what happened in week three because it was a wild one. But real quickly, since we are the first um, sports talk show to kind of talk about some of the breaking news that's been occurring. We'll start with the NFL because really all the breaking news that have been happening over the weekend has happened today. And since we're the first kind of sports talk show here on KZLX, we're going to talk about it just because I think it's interesting to bring up. First of all, um, Eli Manning is not the starting quarterback for the New York Giants. It is now going to be rookie Daniel Jones who will be taking over they play Sunday on the road against Tampa Bay. Um, they announced that this morning. Um, Coach Pat Shermer said that Eli and him spoke this morning um, and that Shermer said, I told him that we are making a change and going with Daniel as the starter. And he also talked to Daniel and he said, and this is, I, I, feel, I feel bad for the guy because, I mean, he's, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He said Eli was obviously disappointed, as you would expect, but he said he would be what he has always been, a good teammate, and continue to prepare to help this team win games. Daniel understands the challenge at hand, and he will be ready to play on Sunday. So you like, I think you kind of like that attitude from Eli saying, man, I, I mean, my time might be done. When was the last time that a Manning wasn't a, quarter, a starting quarterback in the NFL? Think about think that for a second. I saw this wild graphic this morning, and it was the last time Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning, and uh, there's, I think it was both both Mannings, both Mannings, both Mannings, Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger were not starting a game. Brett Favre was a starting quarterback in Green Bay. Man, um, what was it? There were a couple. There were a couple things. I think The Incredibles is the number one movie at the time. Awesome. So 2004. That's unbelievable. So it's been a long time since we haven't seen a Manning <laughs> at the helm of a team. Um, do you know what this reminds me of? This is a, a wild flashback deja vu of Dak Prescott coming into Dallas with Tony Romo. So you expect a high, uh, a, oh, yeah. a good performance from Daniel Jones? I'm not You're high on Daniel I'm not, Jones. I'm not high on Daniel Jones, but do you think I we feel could, like do you the think, expectations. Do you think Giants fans could be pleasantly surprised like the fans in Dallas were with Dak? Not that much hype with him coming in. Not with great Dak, there wasn't a lot of hype, and I think that helped him. True. There was not as much focus because he wasn't a top ten. There's more pressure on pick. Daniel Jones than Dak. Yes, because okay. he was yes. a top ten I would agree. pick. There was there there was so much surrounding him, and how the Giants, you know, took took a gamble per se to pick him up. So I feel like there's more focus around him, and everybody was kind of waiting around if to see when right. he would come in. It we knew it was on the table, and it was just kind of a waiting game. Um, and it's here. I said it would. I 
I think what I told you guys on WSK was if the Giants start out one and four or one and five, then bring them in. I didn't see them going zero and two and immediately jumping the gun and going to Daniel Jones. That's what surprised me because I feel like zero and two is still not enough time to judge. Well, maybe Eli doesn't have it anymore. Yeah. You know, so, that's it, it kind of depends, but wild stuff a lot of pressure on Daniel Jones. Wild stuff there in the Meadowlands, and then Jalen Ramsey wants out of Jacksonville. So look, I'm not surprised by this at all. I'm not either. Um, I think he's an extreme competitor, maybe one of the best in the NFL, um, and he doesn't like to lose, and he knows Jacksonville is not going to win this season, and he doesn't want to go through what happened last season where – He's criticized defensively because he's literally on the field the whole game. Don't think he wants to go through that again, so I don't blame the guy. We'll see where he ends up. Stay tuned for that. When we come back, it was the Cyhawk weekend in the state of Iowa, and it was one of the longest, wildest, craziest games, and we've just been so treated with college game day. Stick around. You're listening to Tuesday Takeover on X106. Off of turn number four, two drivers run door-to-door, beating and banging, racing to get to the checkered flag. Except now it's Monday, and you've missed it. Every Monday from 3 to 4, Jacob Blair and Trevor Mater will get you up to speed on everything in the racing world. Race analysis, results, current driver standings, and the biggest storylines in the world of NASCAR and IndyCar. Listen live on the TuneIn app. Every Monday, 3 to 4, on X106. Hi, Day-to-Day Picks. I need your help. Will the Chiefs win the AFC West for a fourth straight year? Will the Cowboys be relevant again? Who do I need to make sure I keep my eye on for fantasy football? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down there. Sam Steinmeier, Brady Archer, and I will answer all of this and more Thursday from 2 to 4 on Day-to-Day Picks, hosted by Andrew Botwinick, only on X106. The smell of popcorn, the sound of the band playing, and the crunch of pads at your alma mater. There's nothing like it. From the powerhouse of Alabama to playing in Death Valley against LSU. We have it all here on Tuesday Takeover from 4 to 6 p.m. every Tuesday. Join your host, Austin McNorton, and me, Nolan Brooks, for your weekly update on the world of college football right here on KZLX LP Maryville. Do you like sports? No, I mean, do you really like sports? And Friday Take has you covered. Your one-stop shop for everything sports. From Bearcat events to the professionals, it will surely be a home run. Every Friday from noon to one with host Austin Hall and co-host Brandon Starlin. Only on KZLX 106.7 VX. Welcome back to Tuesday Takeover on KCLX. Austin McNorton, Nolan Brooks here with you, and it's time to recap week three of college football. We will start, as we always do, with college game day in Ames, Iowa, for the first time ever. The Cyhawk Trophy, which featured thunder, rain, and another Hawkeye victory for the fifth straight time. Nolan, I'm going to let you start this one out as the Hawkeyes won 18-17 to because you called this game to a literal T on how it ended. So, the I, I floor mean, is yours, Yeah, I, I mean. Give yourself a pat on the back. This, Round of applause. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Nolan Brooks, 
who is clearly a college football expert, and I should just leave and let normally him. I, normally, I'm not a college football expert, but so far this year, I You're mean, it, it's, it. it's working out for me. You but uh, I said this game was going to come down to three or four plays. At the very end of the game, Iowa made three or four stops, and finally on a fourth down, they made the final stop of the game, and they ended it. They scored really late. Really, really late. Yep. And then they stopped them, and it came down to a couple of plays. I mean, if you picked this game to be a blowout, you wouldn't. I, I mean, there there was no way that was going to happen, especially when they have to wait two or three hours of delay. I mean, maybe I don't think it was three hours, but like two hours of rain delay. And then the game come lasted in, six hours. Put on six hours. So, so I mean. Two hours of rain delay, and you come in, and <laughs> you had to know it was going to be a muddy mess, and it was going to be hard fought. And you saw the Hawkeyes just really grind it out, and it came down to a couple plays that worked out in their favor. I mean, if you if you look at the score, three they kicked a field goal in three straight quarters, and then they yeah. score. Honestly, they score. Actually, they kicked all field goals. <laughs> Now that I look at it, what they a way scored to get, nine points in the fourth quarter. That's all field goals. What a way to get their fifth straight win over the Cyclones. Man. They were trailing. Iowa State was trailing 18-17 in the closing minutes of the game. They drive all the way down to the Iowa 34. They false start. Brock Purdy slips, as it happened a lot due to all the rain. And then an incompletion brought up fourth and 13. And then... <laughs> I'm I'm breaking down how crazy this game truly was. This is how it ended. So they so they go for it on fourth and thirteen. Offsetting penalties led to a complete do over. Iowa I thought Iowa was going to lose because they they sh- on the camera they showed clear pass interference. It's like wow Iowa State first down. All they need is a field goal. Game over. Turns out there's another flag in the backfield for a hold. Offsetting penalties. Time for a do-over, and then Brock Purdy, not even close to Deshante Jones, near the end zone with two minutes left, turnover on downs. However, Iowa State does a great job defensively, forces a punt, and so they have a chance to get the ball back with a minute 30 to go, and all they need is a field goal to win. So you're saying, okay, they should win this game. But (laughs) the ball hit Yun, let me see this. Detron Yun in the back, and I was Devonte Yun recovered it. So on the punt, the two Iowa State players ran into each other, taking each other out, and it hit off the back of the Cyclones Yun, and landed in the hands of Iowa's Yun to seal the game. I mean, you can't you can't make that up if you're Iowa State, and you look at it, it's just. You think out of all the times, because I, Nolan and I both picked Iowa State to win, right? You picked Iowa State too. I'm the only one. I was. No, Nolan's killing it. Never mind. I don't know why. Yeah, everybody, you just explained. You just explained. Everybody picked everybody Iowa is, State. I picked Iowa. I should have because I'm. I'm now convinced Iowa State. It doesn't matter the stakes. Iowa State had every chance to win that game. They had all the the crowd, the hype. Everything surrounding that game. Head coach Matt Campbell finally has some experience against this team. Returning quarterback in Brock Purdy. 
nothing. I get just didn't work I'm, out. I'm convinced that it's a Hawkeye state <laughs> until proven otherwise. And right now, I'm I don't know when that'll be. But congrats to the Hawkeyes on winning the Cyhawk Trophy for a fifth straight year. Brutal stuff for Matt Campbell and the Cyclones. Well, yeah. I mean, if you look at it, though, in retrospect, besides the last three plays, it was a fantastic game. Incredible. It, it was it was a good game overall. What it came down to, looking at this, Iowa held the ball for 35 minutes of gameplay. That is a long time. That is a long time. A very, very long time. Iowa State, though, they out outran Iowa 418 yards to 313. So, I mean, you, you kind of got to take this with a grain of salt. Purdy, 276 yards passing and a touchdown. Uh, Stanley for Iowa, uh, I mean, 22 of 35 passing. He said, I missed some throws, but we won, and that's what matters. So, this game was a grinded out fashion, and I mean, you couldn't expect anything less from from this matchup. And you know, honestly, Iowa State gave that game to Iowa. Yeah, they really did. They gave it to them, and you see a fifth one in a row against them for Iowa. So, so there you go. Let's move on to now the rest of the Big Ten. We'll start with Ohio State at Indiana. Justin Fields was incredible again. Ohio State wins fifty-one to ten. We don't really have to get into that game too much. It's what we expected. We'll move on to the next two games, which are actually pretty surprising. Penn State survives against Pittsburgh, 17-10. to And really, um, Pittsburgh was down late. So this was, an in, of course, the in-state rival between um, the state of Pennsylvania. And so this is a 126-year rivalry between these two teams. So... They, um, Pittsburgh was down a touchdown with the ball at the one-yard line with five minutes to go. And they opted to kick a field goal rather than go for it on fourth down. Um, and they missed it from the one-yard line. They missed the field goal. And so Penn State was able to just run the clock out and win by seven. I mean, you're at the one-yard line on the road against a ranked opponent – I don't understand. Why not go for it? I mean, one yard, one yard. Why not? I mean, it, just uh, relying on your defense, I guess. I mean, they were playing well, but still, I mean, if I'm the head coach in that situation, I mean, I'm just QB sneaking that thing in the in the end zone. Well, that's that's all that comes to mind. If as far as an answer, I guess is yeah. they. Oh, okay. We have four minutes. If we, you know, we kick this field goal here, play defense. And get the ball back, and then we go for it again. But I don't know, man. It's just yeah. this is the hundredth meeting between the teams. You think the stakes would be a little bit, a little bit higher? You're only down seven to a ranked Penn State for on it. on their one yard line. I mean, you got to want it, but hey, Penn State escapes, and I mean, they didn't move around in the rankings either. So clearly, they they still believe in them, even though they only win by seven at home against unranked Pittsburgh. So. so the next game we look at is a surprising upset that we were teasing earlier. Arizona State goes to East Lansing to defeat the Spartans 10-7 to really late. So Eno Benjamin, the quarterback for Arizona State, had a one-yard touchdown run with 50 seconds remaining in the game to put Arizona State up. At that point, you're like, oh, man, 50 seconds. That might do it. 
Um, and it was due to the fact that um, – and so then you're like, okay, that might do it. Arizona State, what a win. But then Michigan State gets all the way down the field, and they have an attempt at a 42-yarder. Kicks up, perfect. Right down the middle, never a doubt. Hold on. There's a flag on the play. Too many men on the field. The Spartans have 12 men on the field. So guess what? Matt Coughlin has to re-kick it with 40, from 42 yards out. And... Shanked it. Shanked it. I By mean, a lot. Not close. And so... Spartans I guess that's one way of icing move, a kicker, you know? I mean, a 12-man on the field. So back-to-back. I mean, coaching errors, mental mistakes where, honestly, the Spartans shouldn't have ever been in that situation. So that's hard to put it all on one play like that. But, boy, that's just brutal. I mean, you make it, you're like, all right, we're going into overtime. We're the more talented team. Let's go win this thing. And then... Your kicker You're like, shanks it. Oh, man, I, I just made a field goal to send it in overtime. I just got done celebrating with my team and going crazy. Now I have to refocus and try to kick it again, which is just – that's impossible to try and ask that and say, all right, go do it again after I just got done celebrating off of an incredible field goal, and now I have to go try and do it again? And it wasn't close. Michigan State Unreal pressure. falls. Arizona State moves to 3-0. and um, quarterback Jaden Daniels um, for Michigan State. Not a spectacular game for him. Um, so we were looking at um, some of the um, teams in the in the Big Ten East, especially because of how dominant those teams were looking. And that brings me to my next team. So we talked about Michigan State losing. We talked about Penn State surviving. Ohio State's looked dominant. Michigan surviving. And now we look at Maryland, who just got into the top 25. They lose to Temple. What? How? I mean, I don't think anyone picked this game right. Everyone was so high on Maryland. They finally get some of the credit they deserve. And then they go and lay an angle on the road to the Owls of Temple. And it was – now, this was also a crazy end. So we talked about it. We was like – a lot of these matchups that we were picking last week on Tuesday Takeover, like, ah, I mean, these will be sure things. They're not that exciting. I mean, college game days and aims for crying out loud. So, I mean, ah, I mean, this isn't that crazy of a week, but what happened? What happened with all of these upsets? So, in this one, it was Maryland at the goal line against Temple. Happened twice. Happened twice. Two goal line stands. Two goal line stands. And, um,. So it was a one-handed touchdown catch late from Temple to go ahead in the fourth quarter, and then they hold off Maryland at the goal line twice and win 20-17. to Come on, Maryland! After you got all that hype, we were so bought in. I was feeling the hype. I was buying in. I was jumping on the bandwagon. And then what? So now it's even more evident to me that Ohio State is just, I mean, that much com- better compared to the rest of the Big Ten right now. They are just on another step up. I mean, maybe it was a fluke this week, but I mean, the Temple defense though is a a very significant thing to get past. Uh, they they'd been talking about that all week. Uh, you know, Maryland's put up all these points, but Temple's defense is the de- if there's one defense they're going to run into early that'll stop them. It's Temple, and you saw it. 
You did. I mean, you did. It, I still picked Maryland in that game because I thought they could overcome the defense and it'd be close. But yeah. I mean, Temple really just outplayed Maryland and they held this offense to slim to none. And then you look, look great doing exactly. it. Exactly. So Ohio State dominates. Penn State survives. Michigan State loses. Iowa a miracle in Ames. Maryland falls. Illinois falls. And then Minnesota survives against Georgia Southern, and Purdue gets killed by TCU at home. And then Nebraska dominates in probably their most impressive performance of the season over Northern Illinois. So, man, a tough week for the Big Ten, and what a, a week that we did not expect to be that tough for the Big Ten. And I think it kind of showed just how good this Ohio State team is with Justin Fields who may be considered for Heisman Trophy contention. I don't know. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. I think he should be in the conversation. Do I think he's better than Jalen Hurts right now? No. I would 100% agree. I don't think he's better so wanna, than Jalen Hurts. Let's go, let's go there next. Go to the Big 12. Let's I mean. go to the Big 12 next. Um, I, we'll come back to the Kansas game. But since we were talking about Jalen Hurts, let's start with that. Um, man, UCLA is really kind of dudes unreal. I what mean, Jalen Hurts is doing. Jalen Hurts is pretty much yeah, unreal is a pretty much great way of describing what he's been doing. Um, he had another 150 yards on the ground, 289 through the air, and they put up 48 points on UCLA and Chip Kelly in Los Angeles. That was actually pretty. There were a bunch of pictures and um, videos from that game. There were. There were more Sooners fans, Sooner fans there than Bruins fans, which is kind of unfortunate because that's definitely uh, a program in UCLA that, I mean, definitely has some history. But right now, it's 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 tough for Chip Kelly and the Bruins. But Oklahoma had 611 yards of offense, 439 of them coming off of Jalen Hurts, and really, it's interesting because. Jalen Hurts, I don't think he's still satisfied. He quoted after the game, he said, I think we're headed in the right direction. The intent is for us coming out and playing a complete game. I don't think we did that tonight. We can improve. What? What What more do you want? That's Alabama player at its finest. I mean, you know what? That's an Alabama ma- Explain mentality. Explain that a little more because I 100% agree. In, in his time at Alabama, they would – how many games did he lose? How many? Four? I think it was something Maybe like that. Maybe even less than that, he, yeah. He, he wasn't even double-digit losses. There is a mentality that he got built up in in Alabama where even if we go undefeated, if we lose in the national title game, did you really win anything? You didn't. And so he's just had this mentality where, okay, yeah, we played great and we're 3-0 and now. We haven't won anything yet. What does it mean? Doesn't mean anything. And I like that. I mean, he listen. He, I think he said something of, I don't, I don't listen to that rat poison because the reporter asked him about, well, you guys are three and zero now. What does that do for the team moving forward? He's like, I don't listen to that rat poison. I mean, come on, that that is a winning like mentality, like and that's that. a great attitude to have moving forward. UCLA drops to zero and three for the second straight year, so Chip Kelly might be on the hot seat there. But Oklahoma looks great. I mean, I picked him to make the college football playoff. I picked him to win the Big 12. But they look really good right now. 
Um, and not against some, again, not against some pushover teams. They defeated Houston, who's a very respectable Power 7 team, and they just killed UCLA, who's another Power 5 opponent in the non-con games. So the graduate transfer from Alabama, Jalen Hurts, my goodness, what a performance. Now let's go back to the Friday night game where I don't know if anyone picked this game right. Um, after their performance in week two, Kansas losing to Coastal Carolina 12-7 to in Lawrence, they have to travel to Boston to take on the Eagles of Boston College. And they go out there and put up 48 points, and they win 48-24. to What? Carter Stanley had 238 yards, and um, I, I, I really, I really just am at a loss for words because put uh, 21 in the second quarter alone. Because from what we saw the week before, I kind of thought it was like, no, oh, it's just you know, right, back just to the same back, thing, back to the old usual Jayhawk way. But then they go out and. I mean, it was one of the more impressive wins, I think, in the entire Big 12 that week because um, this is something that the Jayhawks haven't done in a long time was win a road game at a Power 5 school. I can't remember the last time they even had that. They broke the streak. It was, it was a, long, it was a it was 48-game road skid versus a Power 5 was team. Was 48? And they ended it. So, so yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, win, win's a win for Les Miles. Les Miles has taken anything he can yeah, get right their now. their last, in KU's just last road win in period was in 2009 against UTEP. They, I mean, they beat, okay, actually, they beat Central Michigan on the road last season. But then prior to that, they only had one other road win. So they've only had two road wins in the last t- decade. Yeah. So they're, I mean... Take what ah, you want, Les Miles. That's got to be – I don't know if you look at it as, wow, KU, or you go, wow, Boston College. Wh- wow. I mean, I wasn't super high on the ACC anyway to begin with, but, well, that's a tough look. That is uh, – that's impressive. <laughs> Eye-opening. That's impressive for KU for sure. Um, Texas defeated Rice 48-13. Sam Mellinger, 279 yards. Looking just ideal. Looking like they're – they're the threat to Oklahoma in, in the Big yep. Twelve. Yep. Really, nothing else to put to it. I mean, that's that's Texas football this year. Is yeah. And to now go out and play that well. Now we'll look at two games that I think were pretty awesome in terms of the Big Twelve conferences as a whole. Um, Kansas State and TCU. Kansas State goes on the road to Stark Vegas, as it's so called, Starkville, Mississippi, and they defeat. The Bulldogs, with all the cowbells ringing and everything, um, 31 to 24. I believe that's not the first, I think that's like the first time that Kansas State's even been to Starkville since like 1977. Um, and they go down there and win against a, ah, not a terrific SEC opponent, but an SEC opponent regardless. And I would say probably an average to slightly above average SEC opponent. Um, this was a game where, Actually, Skyler Thompson, he only threw one touchdown pass, um, but it was a big one where with 537 left in the fourth quarter, the game was tied at 24, rolled out, hit Dalton, shown in the end zone um, to put Kansas State up. And I think um, then defensively, um, 
it came down to a fourth and sixteen. I don't know if you saw this play. You made sports. I don't think I saw pretty much oh, every oh, oh, the helicopter. The helicopter. Play, yes, pretty much yes. every meme that you can think of in college football right now um was from this game on Saturday where backup quarterback for uh Mississippi State, I'm trying to find his uh his name here, Garrett Schrader, true freshman, um, who's coming in fourth and sixteen to try and keep the game alive, decides to run, has a lot of room to run, headed towards the sideline, dives, dives, absolutely lays out for the first down marker, gets his legs taken out from under him, and then gets hit in midair. And Nolan said it, absolutely helicopters, fully spins around. I, I think he got probably 12 feet in the air, lands on his back a yard short of the first down marker, game over. I mean, it was one of the craziest plays you'll see. Um, but I think the takeaway from this game is that so this was a huge road win for not only Kansas State but Chris Kleiman, I think, to kind of prove himself um, as the first two games were mediocre opponents. A strong FCS opponent, yes, in Nickel State, but then a mediocre Bowling Green team. Kansas State looked dominant in those two wins, but this is certainly, I think, the biggest win for Kansas State. This was the first time that Kansas State has beaten a Power 5 non-conference team on the road since 2011. So we talked about Kansas getting a big road win. This was another big road win for Kansas State. And I think the takeaway for me is, so K-State isn't really a flashy team so far. But they're super balanced, and they have a lot of different ways offensively that they can beat you. So many different versatile running backs. Their offensive line and tight ends are moving back and forth across the line of scrimmage. Huge road win. Big win for Chris Kleiman. And now they have a bye week before they take on Oklahoma State in week five. So now you can rest, get healthy before Big 12 play starts, starting out 3-0. and They are, in terms of receiving votes and everything in the AP poll, they're sitting at 26th. So them and TCU are kind of interchangeable. Oklahoma State's right there and behind Oklahoma them. And Oklahoma State is right there behind them as so well. So this will be a big one next week. So it's going to be crazy. Oklahoma State plays Texas this weekend, so that could be tough for the for the Cowboys, um, as we've seen Texas dominate so far in the early stages of, of college football. But K-State, pretty good start to the season. Well, yeah, very, very impressive. And I think you and I kind of talked on, on that and how – I know Mississippi State's kind of a scary opponent to think about early for K-State in Super that Super physical, SEC style of play. But K-State went out there and used their their dynamic offense. It's really kind of a put-together system under climbing, and they look good doing it. And they go out and they get a win. I mean, I that's exactly the kind of game I predicted K-State playing is to just go out. We both picked that play game, Play right? focused, systematic football, and you'll go out and you'll beat Mississippi State. And so, yeah, K-State has a bye week coming up, so we don't get to talk about them in the second hour of the show, but an impressive win for Chris Kleiman and his staff, who came from, of course, North Dakota State, the ever-so-famous FCS program. Now we look at another big-time win for the Big 12, where a team who didn't receive a lot of recognition in the preseason is now starting to gain some. Um, the TCU Horn Frogs go and defeat Purdue, a Big Ten opponent on the road in West Lafayette, Indiana, where uh, Gary Patterson said 
Darius Anderson, who's the running back for TCU, is at peak level right now. Um, Anderson paced a powerful rushing attack, 179 yards, two touchdowns on only 16 carries. So when you look at just the dynamic running game for TCU with the dual quarterback system that they have going and then a guy like that coming out of the backfield, um, you also look at uh, another guy coming out of the backfield in, this is a tough name to say, Siwo Olanulua, O-L-O-N-I-L-U-A. Olan, <laughs> I can't even, Olawanula. I'll say that. That sounds close enough. That's as close as I'm going to get. <laughs> Chipped in with 106 yards as well. So I think my takeaways for TCU is that this is now six consecutive victories in their first road game of the season. Um, TCU has 39 road wins since 2009. This is a very well-coached football team. Um, and when you then you look at it, so – Offensively, TCU dominated, and then you look defensively, they dominated too. They had only a 13-6 lead at the half, pulled away in the second half with three unanswered touchdowns due to an incredible defensive performance, um, and they didn't really even have to throw the ball. I mean, they, they only had eight completions the entire day. They didn't even need to throw the football because defensively they're like, we're going to get a stop. And then we're going to run the ball down your throats and run the clock out and win the football game. Yeah. Now number 25 in the nation. This is a team that I think I think is going to create some serious noise. And Nolan's super high on this team. Oh, yeah. I've, I've said TCU was going to make noise in the Big 12 from the jump. Uh, you know, five years ago, TCU was a top 10 team. They were a legitimate threat to, you yeah. know, win, win a big bowl game and, you know, make some noise. And I think... This year, they're maybe not, like I said, I don't think they're college football playoff bound. I don't think they're going to win the Big 12. But I feel they are a serious contender to shake it up who who wins the Big 12. Um, it, it's going to be a tough road game for Texas and Oklahoma to go it play is. them. It it's is. It's going to be tough. You can't write them off this year. You know, in the years past, you could maybe write them off a little bit. Uh, not now. I think this TCU no. team is is a lot better. Uh, I think they're put together a little bit more, and they could be a, a serious noisemaker in the Big Twelve. So when we come back, we will talk about Week Three of our last conference that we cover here on Tuesday Takeover. It's the SEC. Stay tuned on X One Hundred Six. KZLX, the place for all Maryville Spoofhound football home games, live from the Hound Pound. Catch the five-time state champs in action, plus pre- and post-game here on X106. If you like the X106 sports team, make sure to check out our podcast and Bearcat Athletic Sports Updates. You can find those on iTunes, Spotify, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, and other podcast outlets. Even if you missed us live, we will always be there one click away in your pocket or on your laptop. X106 Sports. Baseball fans, spring is slowly but surely approaching. 
which means it's time to tune into your Bearcat baseball team right here on the X106. Tune in to Northwest Missouri State Baseball as they look to head it back into MIAA championship contention. Bearcat baseball right here on the X106. Off of turn number four, two drivers run door-to-door, beating and banging, racing to get to the checkered flag. Except now it's Monday, and you've missed it. Every Monday from 3 to 4, Jacob Blair and Trevor Mader will get you up to speed on everything in the racing world. Race analysis, results, current driver standings, and the biggest storylines in the world of NASCAR and IndyCar. Listen live on the TuneIn app. Every Monday, 3 to 4, on X106. Austin McNorton, Nolan Brooks, back with you here on a Tuesday that we have taken over. <laughs> See what I did there? I, like I won't that. do that again. I'm yeah. sorry. sorry. I had everybody. to. Um, it is time to recap week three of the SEC. Um, we will start with our local team who had their best performance of the season to this date. Um, the Missouri Tigers defeated Southeast Missouri State. 50 to 0. Kelly Bryant had 225 yards through the air. Um, Knox had 104 yards receiving. And Rutany the third had 142 yards on the ground defensively. Didn't give up a point. Again, I don't care who you play. You win 50 to 0. That's an impressive win. Um, then we look at the rest of the SEC teams before we dive into some of the big time games. We already obviously talked about Mississippi State and Kansas State. Alabama looked pretty good against an actual SEC conference opponent. They went to South Carolina um, and won 47-23. to And this was a game where I think Tua Tagovailoa finally put his name back into people's radar. Um, I think people kind of were getting so into Trevor Lawrence and Jalen Hurts, and they're like, oh, yeah, Tua Tagovailoa is still playing for Alabama. Um, He threw for a career best 444 yards, and that's third most in history for Alabama, and it's tied. He also, by the way, threw five touchdown passes, which is tied for his personal best in the victory over South Carolina. Um, And really, it was, this is that Alabama mentality that we were talking about. All starts at the the head, Nick Saban. Here's his quote after the game, after such an impressive dominating performance from your quarterback. He was not impressed with some of the drives. He said, we start, when we start drives, we've got to finish them. We were able to move the ball really well, but then we got stuck and didn't put it in the end zone. So, I mean, you put up 47 points. Not bad. Not Alabama, though. Not, out, not up to the standard of Nick Saban, which, I mean, if my quarterback threw for 444 yards and five touchdowns, I, I'd be pretty pleased. But I guess he wanted to score 70 points instead and was mad that the field goal kicker touched the field. That right there is why he wins national titles. Hate Alabama all you want, and hate that they blow everybody out. That right there is why they will be playing probably for a national title come December or come January. Yeah. That right there. You win You win by 24 points, and you say, that ain't good enough. Over an SEC conference opponent. That ain't good enough for, for him. Guess not. 444 yards. I'm sure he's fine with Tua. I'm sure he told Tua. 
Great game overall, but you didn't finish drives. You finished <laughs> drives, we put up 70. Guarantee. Not good enough, and that's why Alabama's so good. I mean, you can, you can be upset at them all you want. You can say, oh, I'm so tired of Alabama winning all these games. <laughs> doesn't matter. That's why. That's why they're good. That's it's, why it all starts. It all starts with the head guy, Nick Saban, who also was a little critical of his defense because Alabama allowed a 300 yard passer and a 100 yard rusher. Um, I'm sure that's probably an emphasis of practice going on right now in Tuscaloosa. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> probably all they're doing. Two is probably We're doing two ways. Two is playing safety right now. You know, <laughs> yeah, something so wild like that. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, defensive, I guess problems, but you, <laughs> you won. You put up. I guess 40. it's a good problem to have. You win by twenty four, and you say it's a no defensive kidding, problem. right? That's a good um, problem to have. Georgia defeated Arkansas State in fifty five to zero. The only thing really to talk about that game was the Georgia faithful wore pink in honor of Arkansas State's head coach, um, whose wife died of breast cancer. That's kind of cool. Defeated his team 55-0, to zero, but still wore pink in the crowd, so that's kind of cool. Um, LSU won 65-14. to 14. Another impressive day from Joe Burrow, 373 yards. Man, has he looked pretty dominant for LSU's offense. Now LSU's starting to look like number four. They are. They At really, first, you kind of questioned it, if they should be Because of how above. well OU and Ohio State have Exactly. Played, which they, but those two now, teams are still. Still really good, but now LSU's kind of starting to solidify why they got put up there. And we'll talk more about Georgia coming up here in the next five minutes um, as they are college game day. But we move to Auburn defeating Kent State 55-16. to So a lot of these games for the SEC a lot of offensive numbers. Tennessee actually getting a dub, forty-five to zero over Chattanooga, um, and just a bunch of high-scoring games. Ole Miss put up forty points. Arkansas even put up fifty-five points. Did you see that the end of that game? I did not see the end. Arkansas of that game. and Colorado State went into the fourth quarter tied at thirty-four. Are you serious? I'm. I'm. Pretty, I mean, I believe you got the from, Razorbacks hat on right now. From so. from what I yes, they went into the fourth quarter tied at thirty four, and they put up twenty one in the fourth quarter. Ended up winning fifty five to thirty. It was because I I was like, oh wow, this is close. I'm going to turn it off for a second. I'm going to go check another game, and I get notifications firing up that they put up fourteen points in about four minutes. And I was like, oh my, that game's not close anymore. <laughs> And oh gosh. yeah, fifty-five thirty-four final there. Uh, Nick <laughs> Starkle, twenty of thirty-five, three hundred and five yards, three touchdowns. He's their new starter. Look pretty convincing that they're going to keep him in that role. Uh, running back for Arkansas, Raheem Boyd, twenty carries, hundred and twenty-two yards, two touchdowns. I mean, overall, just a good fourth quarter performance. Uh, I'd a great say so. game, but I I'd mean, so. good fourth quarter performance. Um, Missouri obviously winning fifty to zero. So the SEC, SEC played great this week. Texas A and M defeated Lamar sixty two to three. That's a good bounce back. And so really, there are two close games in the SEC this week. Kansas State defeating Mississippi State thirty one twenty four, and then this game, which had a bunch go, which had a lot going on. Um, Florida defeating Kentucky despite all odds. 
29-21, to 21, getting revenge on the Wildcats for um, Kentucky going down to Gainesville and winning that game last season. Florida rallied in a game that I, I kind of thought was going to be over. Um, so Florida wins down 14-7 to seven at the end of the half. They were down 21-10 to 10 at the end of the third quarter. But 19 unanswered points in the fourth quarter, Florida goes on to win. Um, I think everyone was just shocked and was like, wow, brutal. Well, the game ended on a 76-yard run. Felipe Franks goes down, um, breaking his leg um, in just a pretty gruesome injury there. Um, And then the Gators got fired up on the sideline, rallied behind that, I think really is how you can say it. Kyle Trask comes into the game, the backup quarterback for the Gators, and helps them come back to win. And they had the go-ahead four-yard, he had the go-ahead four-yard touchdown run into the end zone. And then Nolan was talking about it, the 72-yard run, the 76-yard touchdown run just three plays later, um, they avenged. They avenged their loss. We were wondering if they were going to. They did. Did we pick that game? Yeah, I, we did. Okay, okay. Yeah, we picked that game. I so picked Florida. I think before we give away how how well we're doing here on Tuesday Takeover, I think what's your takeaway from this game? Because for me, I think it's um, Florida's immediate concern. Obviously, is figuring out how to play without Felipe Franks. Um, who was definitely one of the significant pieces for this Gators offense. However, they looked really good, really good with their backup. So is Florida, are they at a pretty serious disadvantage now, or do you think they'll still be pretty competitive in some of these games against, you know, Georgia, against LSU? Will they still be competitive, or does losing Felipe Franks really hurt this team? I don't. I don't want to say that it will just completely ruin them uh, because they're still a very, very solid team overall. I mean, you saw their backup quarterback come in, and he played pretty pretty well to lead them to a, kind of a, com- to a comeback win. I mean, you couldn't ask for much more. Uh, I mean, you look at, you look at their, their standings, uh, I mean, they're, they're leading their leg, or they're tied for the lead of their leg in the SEC with Georgia. Uh, I mean, overall, if you look at that that leg of the SEC, their only competition really is Georgia. Uh, Mizzou, though, Mizzou is going to be a tough game. Um, I, I think Florida isn't going to lose that much, but I don't think they're as big of a threat as they once were with Felipe Franks at the helm. I, I really think they're going to lose a little bit of leeway there in that and that's going to cause them some trouble uh, as far as competing in the sec so then before we move on to the next hour of the show here on kzlx lp maryville nolan how are we doing in our picks so far well me personally you're you're not far behind me um i'm 38 and 10 through three weeks that's 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 impressive <laughs> I think you're not far behind me. I think you're maybe two or three behind me on this show mm-hmm. because of the Iowa State game. Yep. That hurts. And 
the Texas Tech and Southern Miss game. Those three, I think, were what tripped you up on this show. Um, but so other than Nolan that, we're both doing very well. Light edge, but overall, we're doing really well. And yes. don't expect that to continue. <laughs> no, no. Don't expect it to continue. Next week, it's going to be completely different. Guarantee. We're going to preview that here coming up on Tuesday Takeover on X106. You're listening to KZLX LP Maryville. X106. Break out some ID. That time again. This is KZLX LP Maryville. Hi, day-to-day picks. I need your help. Will the Chiefs win the AFC West for a fourth straight year? Will the Cowboys be relevant again? Who do I need to make sure I keep my eye on for fantasy football? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down there. Sam Steinmeier, Brady Archer, and I will answer all of this and more Thursday from 2 to 4 on Day-to-Day Picks, hosted by Andrew Botwinick, only on X106. Do you like sports? No. I mean, do you really like sports? And Friday Take has you covered. Your one-stop shop for everything sports. From Bearcat events to the professionals, it will surely be a home run. Every Friday from noon to one with host Austin Hall and co-host Brandon Starlin. Only on KZLX 106.7 VX. of turn number four two drivers run door to door beating and banging racing to get to the checkered flag except now it's monday and you've missed it every monday from three to four jacob blair and trevor mater will get you up to speed on everything in the racing world race analysis results current driver standings and the biggest storylines in the world of nascar and indycar listen live on the tune in app every monday three to four on x106 Welcome, what? What were you saying? What was that noise? Wisconsin got a week off too. I thought I didn't realize they got a week off as well. Never mind, that changes. Ooh, I'm ready for this. This changes it. Nolan's hyped. Welcome to Tuesday Takeover. Nolan Brooks (laughs) obviously is here. He's excited. I'm here as well. Austin McNorton. Um, So it's time to preview Week Four, which is. Last week we were like, ah, I don't know. It's not that many like, crazy of games, but they it's were all juicy. they were all crazy, which we didn't expect. This week, I think we do expect them to be crazy because there's some really good ones um, between some really talented teams. We'll start with game day because I think that's the game everyone is the most excited for between the number three Georgia Bulldogs will play host to the number seven Notre Dame Fighting Irish. So when you look at these two teams. Not a whole lot of history um, between the two teams. Not a lot of rivalry. Not a lot of bad blood. I would say up until last year, the reason because of that wasn't because of on the field problems. Wasn't because of a you know fight gone wrong or you know a bad tackle or a dirty play or something. No, it's the fact that Georgia a little bit upset that they were not in the college football playoff. The team who, of course, got into the college football playoff being the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And, of course, Georgia had to go to New Orleans and watch as Notre Dame gets 
ran over by Clemson. So legit, but still, if you're if you're Georgia, you're still frustrated to see that. Notre Dame was undefeated, but um, multiple players took to social media um, from Georgia, voicing their displeasure. Voicing their displeasure. Um, of course, the biggest gripe with Notre Dame getting in over teams like Georgia is they don't play anybody. You know, they're an independent team, um, which I understand some of. I understand some of that, um, but. They were undefeated, and they actually did have some some wins um, last season. Um, they're definitely going to get more of a test this year, playing some more, um, I would say, tougher opponents than last year. So I understand Georgia's gripe. Um, so I think that's going to be a lot of the storyline with this game is Georgia saying, we belong in that college football playoff. However, Northern Georgia did get beat out by Texas in that game um, in the Sugar Bowl. Anyways, anyway, um, um, <laughs> move on from that. Move on. I, I don't think I don't think that uh, Georgia wanted to be there in that game, but regardless, they they still did lose to Texas. Um, so I think that's going to be the biggest storyline with this game is Georgia saying we deserve to be in that game. It's time to prove it. Um, this is going to be a really good one. I want to see what the what the line is for this game. Um, it's be, close. I I mean. Well, Georgia's favored I, I would, by 14. I would believe that. 14? Wow, 14. It's pretty big for that's a 7 big. versus 3 I'm, matchup. That's Over big. under a 57. Wow, that's kind of high, too. So, I mean, of it's... Of course, <laughs> Georgia's offense has, has put up some pretty impressive numbers. You know what's even more crazy to me is looking back on all of these players who are in new places due to Jake Fromm. I mean, Justin Fields is absolutely tearing it up at Ohio State. The only reason he's even at Ohio State is because of Jake Fromm. I mean, just think about that for a second, how much of a monster this guy is in Jake Fromm. <sighs> Nolan, who are you picking and why? So it begins. So it begins. Well, Austin, first things first, you know I'm high on Notre Dame. I do. You do have them in the college football playoff. I really like Notre Dame. You do. But in this matchup, I'm going to take Georgia. That's bold, man. How can you have how can you have Notre Dame in the college football playoff if they lose to Georgia? I still think their resume is going to be good enough to put them in there. So this, you think this is the only game they lose the whole season? Yeah. Okay. I say this is the one loss, and it's not going to be a blowout though. So you, I'm going to take under under that that 14. Oh, 100 percent. What they have is a 10-point game. Okay. And I find that very, very accurate. Not 14, but 10. I'm going to take Georgia simply because the Notre Dame running game is not as there as it should be if you're going to compete with this Georgia team. However, the Georgia wide receivers are going to have a a big test finally because Notre Dame secondary is a solid secondary. But I think Georgia's got a little bit more firepower and it's going to be a home game for Georgia. And I'm seeing a tweet here from Tony Barnhart that says, he talked to folks in the athletic department at Georgia in prep for this Notre Dame game. They are planning to have just as many people outside the stadium without tickets as inside the stadium. <laughs> Georgia seats I believe it. 92,746 people. I believe it. Do not 
to say Notre <laughs> Dame is not going to be worried about going on the road would be an understatement. I'm going to take the Bulldogs. I think they're going to have the home crowd advantage. This is going to be oh, electric yeah. again. It's going to be nuts. But it's going to be too much of Georgia's favor. They're too good right now for Notre Dame. But no, don't put Notre Dame out of the book. Okay. But Georgia's the better team right now. Gave me the Bulldogs. All right. Um, <laughs> ooh, I, li- I like that. I like I like that. And I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna agree with you. Look, Georgia's entire motto for their season is do more. Two words. Do more. The reason behind that is because they're frustrated that they are in Alabama's shadow, can't get o- can't get past them in the SEC championship game. Just always seem to come up short of the college football playoff. Whether they make it and lose to Alabama in the championship game or they just miss out on it to teams like Notre Dame, they have a very impressive attitude of saying, we have just, like, even Jake Fromm is quoted in saying, we've come up short, obviously we've got to do something, so we think doing more is a little bit better. That's their whole model for the season. And this is a game where, it's time to prove that. It's the real test. Your f- team's first um, top 10 opponent this season. It's going to be amazing down there in Athens. I've, I, I went to Atlanta over the summer, and a lot of Braves fans um, down in that area. But I'm telling you right now, the biggest sport down there in that region is college football. And so when Nolan's saying that there's going to be that many fans at that game and maybe even more outside of the stadium, I 100% believe it because I saw – I probably saw more Georgia Bulldogs gear than Atlanta Braves gear. And the Braves are a huge deal down there, let me tell you. Especially right now because they're doing really good. Exactly. But that's baseball. Exactly. <laughs> um, and they're historically great and all, and all that. But um, SEC football down in that state is no joke. I mean, they – they hate Auburn. They hate Alabama. It's and right now they don't like Notre Dame and because right of now, Notre Dame getting into the top you ten. Literally, <laughs> and that's why it's going to be too much. You literally said exactly where I was headed of they hate Notre Dame right now. They're upset that they got the edge in the college football playoff over them last season. And so I agree with you. I think it's going to be proved to be too much. Um, I th- it's going to prove to be too much for Notre Dame, and I'm going to give Georgia the win as well. So tune in, College Game Day, early in the morning, live from Athens. It's going to be a crazy game. Um, not sh- I'm actually not sure. Kickoff for that game um, is at night, 7 p.m. kickoff. It's prime on time. Prime time on CBS. You can bet I'll be tuning in to that. When we come back, stay tuned for the Big Ten, Big 12, and SEC. We're picking them here on Tuesday Takeover on X106. Are you missing basketball season? Well, coming up this winter, your defending national champion men's basketball team and women's basketball team are back in action. You can catch every home game live on KZLX or listen live on the TuneIn app to keep up with the action. Make sure to follow us at x106 underscore sports for any updates throughout the semester before the season tips off at Bearcat Arena.
Hi, day-to-day picks. I need your help. Will the Chiefs win the AFC West for a fourth straight year? Will the Cowboys be relevant again? Who do I need to make sure I keep my eye on for fantasy football? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down there. Sam Steinmeier, Brady Archer, and I will answer all of this and more Thursday from 2 to 4 on Day-to-Day Picks, hosted by Andrew Botwinick, only on X106. Baseball fans, spring is slowly but surely approaching, which means it's time to tune in to your Bearcat baseball team right here on the X106. Tune in to Northwest Missouri State Baseball as they look to head it back into MIAA championship contention. Bearcat baseball right here on the X106. Join us here on X106 for live broadcasts of Northwest Missouri State Bearcat home games. In the fall, catch Bearcat football and volleyball matchups. In the winter, tune in for Bearcat men's and women's basketball home games. And in the spring, turn your dial to KZLX for Bearcat baseball. Every season, live home games from the sports crew at X106 Sports. KZLX, the place for all Maryville Spoofhound football home games. Live from the Hound Pound. Catch the five-time state champs in action, plus pre- and post-game here on X106. Welcome back to Tuesday Takeover here on KZLX 106.7, The X. Austin McNorton, Nolan Brooks here with you for the next 45 minutes. It's time to preview and pick week four. There's actually not too many games as a lot of these teams have bye weeks um, here before conference play really gets going. So there's not that many games here in the Big Ten and Big 12. So you know what? We're going to pick all of them. Um, And we start in the Big Ten with a really great matchup between the number 11. Wow. How is that? (laughs) That is not not a word. Levigan. I don't even know. That's not a word. Maybe it should be. I don't know. Um, Michigan travels to (laughs) Wisconsin, the number 13 team in the nation. The Wolverines and the Badgers. It is right now. A three and a half point favorite for Wisconsin, the home team, the Badgers. I think this is a toss up game here. Now we're really going to start to see our our incredible numbers probably go down the drain. <laughs> um, as just a lot of these games are just so up for grabs. This is one right off the gate. 11 a.m. kickoff on Fox. Nolan, who are you taking and why? Both teams coming off bye weeks. Yep. Wisconsin's coming off a bye week after winning the week before. Michigan is coming off a bye week after winning the week before as well, but barely True. against an unranked Army team at home. Now they got to go on the road and play a Wisconsin team that is looking phenomenal right now. It's very accurate. They're very close in their rankings. They have right not now. given up a point this season. Granted, they haven't played Michigan. It's true. They haven't. It's very close in the rankings. But I'm going to take the Badgers in this game. I think their week that they got off on the bye week and getting to play at home against, even if it's against a ranked Michigan, is going to prove too much. 
I think Wisconsin's got more of a dynamic offense. Their run game is there. It all really there. Michigan's run game is not there. It was it was pretty good against Army because it had to be because the passing game was not there. But Wisconsin only averaged 170 yards per game on the ground. Wisconsin's run game is there. 216 yards per game on the ground and doesn't need to be, and it's still there. True. I'm going to take the Badgers. I think they're the better team this week because they're at home. I think they're riding some very good momentum right now, and they're a dynamic team. Give me the Badgers. I'm actually going to go with a similar standpoint, different result. I think due to the fact that Michigan is coming off of, you mentioned, a close game, I think that actually helps them. That's a wake-up call for them, whereas Wisconsin has just been cruising, feeling good, saying, man, we're just we're just feeling ourselves. We just put we're averaging fifty five points a game. We haven't given up a single point all season. We're feeling good. Michigan throughout this entire past two weeks has been saying, We better wake up. We are looking at what Ohio State's doing right now. If we want to compete with them, it's time to wake up. We just got our wake up call against Army, a game we should have lost, but we survived, lucky to survive. I bet this week in practice in uh, Ann Arbor was brutal um, f- this past week, and now they had another week on top of it where for these past two weeks they've just been focusing on Wisconsin. They've been saying, man, we we're lucky to survive, and now we're going on the road to play against who I have as the offensive player of the year in the Big Ten in Jonathan Taylor. Good luck stopping him. Maybe they don't have to. Maybe they can say, you know what? We're going to focus on trying to stop. Um, we're going to try and stop. Uh, Cone is the quarterback position. Um, he has six touchdowns on the season. We we try and stop him. Make Jonathan Taylor beat us. Um, and you know, actually, you know what? That's completely backwards. Stop Jonathan Taylor and make. I don't know why I that was. I both the names. I just said it wrong. Stop Jonathan Taylor. Make Cone beat them. I like I like Michigan on the road in uh, the isn't isn't Wisconsin the place where they do the the jump around and the whole stadium jumps is jump 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 yes, jump no yes, it is. okay that's what I thought um, so yeah I'm actually going to go a similar it's like reasoning why as you said Wisconsin's been dominating Michigan hasn't that's why I'm taking Michigan is because they had the wake up call and I think Wisconsin might be in cruise control um, so. There's already a difference in picks. Now we move to Indiana taking on a non-con opponent in UConn. Um, Indiana coming off of a pretty brutal loss against Ohio State, 51-10. to um, But then again, uh, UConn coming off of actually a – coming off of a bye week um, the week prior in week – in uh, the week prior they took – a loss to Illinois, thirty-one to twenty-three, and that's an Illinois team who hasn't been particularly successful <coughs> this season. Um, as they obviously just took um, a loss to Eastern Michigan, thirty-four to thirty-one. So, uh, this is tough. I think I'm going to go with Indiana. Um, I like the Hoosiers at home. Um, this game's on the Big Ten Network. Again, another 11 o'clock kickoff. That was just a buzzsaw of a team they ran into of Ohio State. I think they, they're able to 
you know, come back and say, let's put that one behind us and focus against a non-con opponent before we truly move into the Big Ten. So I'll take the Hoosiers. I'm going to take the Hoosiers as well. Um, they've been impressive until they – I mean, they ran into an Ohio State team that is very, very good. Uh, yeah. If you look before that, they played pretty well. They played very well, actually, for an Indiana team that really just flies under the radar in the Big Ten. So I'm going to take the Hoosiers simply because I think they're a way better team at this point because UConn's lost some some games to teams they probably shouldn't lose to. Yeah. And Indiana's gone out and performed and played pretty well. They just ran into an Ohio State team. And that's, that's exactly, that's my thing. It happens. Like, so, it was like, well, man. You, you got to take the Hoosiers. Like, well, man, how could you take Indiana? I mean, they got they got killed by Ohio State. I mean, a Look lot. Look who they played. A lot of teams are going to get killed by Ohio State this season, I think. Um, the next game we'll look at is the Michigan State Spartans. After taking the three-point loss to Arizona State at home, now go on the road to take on the Wildcats of Northwestern. Um, Northwestern, um, they played – hold on a second. They played, yeah, uh, against UNLV on Saturday, winning 30-14. to 14. Of course, um, their first game of the season came on the road at Stanford where they lost 17-7. to 7. So Northwestern 1-1 on the season and Michigan State 2-1. So – I I don't expect to see that again from Michigan State. Uh, they're going to bounce back. They're nine and a half point favorites. I like them big on the road. I I I I I don't know what happened. I think that might have been a fluke game against Arizona State. Herman I don't Edwards think just has their number. I mean, I guess so. Honestly, man, he's, he's un unbeaten against Michigan. Is he really? And yes. Wow. So He's yeah, I Michigan guess, State two years in a row. Guess he so, does I mean, kind of have their number. Um, so I, I I don't expect that game to continue. What we, what we saw from Michigan State, I don't expect to see again. So yeah, I, I'm I'm going to take the Wildcats. You mean the Spartans? Yes, yes, the Spartans. <laughs> I was yes. Wow, that would have been. Oh, I'm going to talk so highly on Michigan State and then pick Northwestern out of nowhere. Nope, not I'm going to do that. I'm not. I'm not trying to mislead anyone here. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to take Michigan State. Uh, I believe you a flute game. I don't think they're going to win big, though. I think Northwestern might give them some trouble on the okay. road. Um, I don't know. Just, just this whole matchup between the two, from what I my experience, is Northwestern gives them trouble. So I, I don't know. Michigan State definitely going to win, but they're still going to be tested a little bit. Maybe in the first through through the first maybe half. Maybe a slow start. Yeah. Okay. Be be tested through the first half, but Michigan State comes out on top. Now we move to Boston College, a team who just got killed by KU. And then a team in Rutgers who's coming off of a bye week um, after not putting up any points in um, Iowa at Iowa, thirty to zero. So two teams who are off to slow starts, one and one for Rutgers, two and one for Boston College. I really don't know on this game. Um, I don't see a point spread. It looks like it's literally a 50% matchup in the matchup predictor on ESPN, 50% for Boston College, 50.2, 49.8 for Rutgers. So... That's a that's a coin flip. Um, 
<laughs> I guess this might be the hardest pick of the week. It honestly might be. I'm going to go with the Rutgers. I mean, Boston College losing to KU in the way that they did. I don't. I don't have any faith in them at all. That just. That should never happen, and it did to Boston College. So I'm actually going to go with Rutgers because I'm not high on the ACC, and what Boston College showed me against Kansas after Kansas just lost to Coastal Carolina, I'm going to go with the Scarlet Knights. <laughs> um, I'm actually going to go against you. I'm gonna, All right. I'm going to take Boston College. If you look, week one victory over Virginia Tech, who – you know, I mean that—that's a Power Five opponent in the ACC. Um, Thirty-five twenty-eight victory over Virginia Tech. Forty-five thirteen win over Richmond. Very convincing win. You know, they just had a tough time against KU. I guess I feel. Boy, I, don't, I tell you, I don't know, but I mean, you look at the numbers: four hundred and sixty-five point seven yards per game total versus three thirty-nine and a half for they Rutgers. Also, give up four hundred and fifty-seven yards of offense to the other team, though. But the Rutgers are – I don't see the Rucker offense being a 400-yard team. So I'm going to take Boston College simply because the numbers kind of swayed towards Boston College and how they performed beside, other than this last week. Now this next game does have a spread, and boy, it's a big one. Ohio State will be playing host to Miami of Ohio. The Red Hawks come into town, and they are – 39-and-a-half-point dogs on the road to Justin Fields and this Ohio State offense who averages 499 yards of offense and 46 points. I think this is a automatic pencil in, right? Yep. Okay. You can go ahead and move on. <laughs> no, no analysis needed. Now, this one could potentially be more interesting. Um, Nebraska... Travels on the road to Illinois, 13 and thirteen point favorite for the Cornhuskers as... I think that's too much. You think it's too much? I think it's too much. I would... I don't know. I could see Nebraska winning by a couple scores. I'm not super impressed by um, Illinois. Illinois so far. Um, just barely defeating UConn um, and then losing last week to Eastern Michigan. Um And I know Nebraska struggled early. Um, Scott Frost wasn't pleased, but they looked really good against NIU, who NIU is a pretty respectable um, opponent in that MAC conference. Well, they looked good against Colorado, who is a Power Five. They did, but then opponent. So they did. Kind of have to take that into account. True. Um, That you know that is a good point. Um, So I'm going to take if the over under is 63 in this game. I would take the under with that, Um, but I'm going to take Nebraska. I think Adrian Martinez has another big game again for the Cornhuskers. Riding that train with you, go Cornhuskers. I'm going to take them in this game. Trying to get the Cornhusker fans on our side here on Tuesday Takeover. There's a lot of them in this region Um, of the country. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. There's really a cigarette around here. There's not a few amount. There's a large amount. Same with the Hawkeyes, but... Uh, I'm going to take the Cornhuskers. Uh, I I think they're they're still a imp- more impressive team than Illinois is. Clearly, I mean they've I know they've had their struggles, but they've still managed to get out to a two and one start. So give me the Cornhuskers. And that will do it for the Big Ten. So obviously that the 
matchup in that conference this week will be Michigan in Wisconsin on an 11 a.m. kickoff. That's going to be a great one on Fox. Now we move to the Big 12. Only five games uh, in the Big 12 as Kansas State has a bye. Um, the game we'll start with first is Iowa State, of course, coming off of the one-point loss in Ames, is back in Ames on Saturday to take on Louisiana Monroe, an 11 o'clock kickoff there. I like Iowa State. I know they've kind of struggled here in the early stages of the season, but I still expect this to be a team to create some some noise in the Big 12, um, as they always seem to do. Um, I roll there. And they always, always see – they see always – is like, oh, man, they always get off to a slow start. But then then they'll go and beat Texas in Austin. Or, you know, you know, something crazy like that or or – I mean, just a few years ago, they beat OU when you're like, out of nowhere, they beat OU. So that's just what Iowa State always does. Um, and that's going to be a team to watch out for for sure. Um, I like the Cyclones in this one. Um, I, I think Brock Purdy, I think Matt Campbell are just too good um, compared to Louisiana Monroe in this game. Yeah, uh, this is going to be a bounce-back game for Iowa State. Yeah. It really is. Um, I want to know what the spread is on this game, though, because I bet it's I bet it's pretty high. And I would assume I I don't I don't eighteen and a half, yeah. eighteen and a half. So for I mean, Iowa State, just I'm going to call this a bounce back game for Iowa State. Um, kind of get I guess get back on their feet, maybe work on their uh, their uh, punt return team. Work on that, okay? Because <laughs> uh, I mean that's what lost them the game. Other than that, they played Boy, pretty stuff. good against a ranked Iowa team. So bounce back week. Give me the uh, Cyclones. Now we move to a battle in the state of Texas. SMU traveling to Fort Worth to take on the newly ranked Horned Frogs, um, who are starting to get some recognition that we here on Tuesday Takeover certainly think they have deserved. They are running into a team, though, in SMU who has started off really great um, winning their first three games of the season, defeating Arkansas State, the University of North Texas, and Texas State, um, whereas TCU defeated um, the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff and then had a bye week and then took on Purdue in West Lafayette and looked really good doing it. I like TCU. I like their defense. I like their run game. I like their head coach a lot. I agree with you. Horned Frogs look fantastic right now. Uh, their defense is only give is giving up a hundred and forty yards less than SMU's is. Um, the run game is there. They've got a balanced offense. Give SMU me the Horned Frogs. I just I, I feel like I know SMU's a. I feel like is a. An, an undercard matchup where you're kind of like, oh, I mean, well, this is a very like the Maryland Temple, a very yeah, maybe who, who, you know who thought Temple was going to shut down that Maryland true. offense that and, badly, and maybe this is a case where SMU, whose offense averages 550 yards a game, rather than maybe we see incredible defense, we see oh, this could maybe turn into a shootout. Who knows? Yeah, you don't I, you don't know what's going to happen, but I still like the Horn Frogs a little bit more. I think I think. Playing a home game after getting a bye week, or after playing that well against Purdue on the road, is kind of some momentum and Horn Frogs at home for me. 
Now we move to a honestly a really big ah maybe big isn't the right word. This is a turning point for both of these teams. Very intriguing game for both of these teams, you know, entire program. Um as these two teams are probably going to be fighting for the bottom of the Big 12 this season. Kansas plays host to West Virginia, the Mountaineers, a team who no one expects to do very well this season. And there's maybe a little bit more expectation for KU with less miles, but certainly not that much. This is a game I actually have had before the season starting to say, if KU was to win a Big 12 game, this is the team that they had a chance to definitely beat. It's going to be in Lawrence, which I don't know how much of it. Sorry. Um, Lawrence, hey, look, Lawrence is my city, but I don't know how many fans are going to actually be at that game. Who knows? There actually might be a pretty decent crowd after what they did in Boston College, um, winning 48-24. But West Virginia actually looked pretty surprising against NC State. They won 44-27 to um, playing host to NC State. Of course, West Virginia defeated James Madison and then lost to Missouri, Kansas losing to Coastal Carolina. So both teams 2-1 and one on the year. I think both of these teams are going to be fighting for the bottom of the Big 12. West Virginia is a five-point favorite. Uh, I want to hear who you pick first. I want to hear who you pick first. Well, last week I went against the Jayhawks, and it bit me in the, in the butt. Me too. Um, mm. A lot of people did. No one picked them to win. You know what? Give me the Jayhawks at home. I'm going to take less miles. Okay. I, I know West Virginia looked very convincing against NC State. And to be honest, NC State's probably as comparable of a team so as Boston KU College is. Boston College or KU, yeah. They're comparable. I would say so. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. So this is tough. <laughs> we I'm need a video camera in here. <laughs> give me the Jayhawks riding the momentum. Okay. 48 points is a lot for a KU. They didn't even score that much against Oklahoma. So, I mean, come on. Give me the Jayhawks. <sighs> I am going to take – I I honestly really want to pick KU. You want to see them win. Come I think on. it would be f- – I think it would be entertaining to see what the city of Lawrence does when they win a Big 12 game because it hasn't happened s- – in a while. I mean, and we know, we know everyone will never forget when they beat Texas. I mean, that's still a game that's brought up literally to this day. Um, oh, remember when we beat, remember when we beat Texas, though? Oh, remember when KU beat Texas and Lawrence, though? Don't forget about that. I, I, I won't. I don't think anyone will forget about that. However, I'm going to pick the Mountaineers pretty much on the sole fact that um, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to pick KU to win a Big 12 game. Until they actually prove it to me. Yeah, okay, they beat Texas. That was a fluke. I'll be honest. That was a fluke. Um, no way they should have won that game. Texas just, ah, that was a tough year for Charlie Strong. Um, so I'm going to pick West Virginia just because I do think this is a game that Kansas should win. But I feel like somehow, some way they won't because they just really struggle in the Big 12 to win games. Um, so I'm going to go with the Mountaineers 
in a close game. Now, I could I could literally see this being like some odd number. I could see it being like like a four point game or something something weird. Like something weird is going to happen in this game to where West Virginia wins and somehow KU loses. That's that's my prediction. And that game's hey, on, roll with it, baby. Roll with it. That game's on ESPN Plus. Kickoff at three thirty. Um, I might have to drive around Lawrence this weekend when I'm home and just say, <laughs> "Go, people watching." Uh, yeah, just say what's what's going on with the with the football crowd um, over on Saturday. Now we move to the Baylor Bears will be traveling to take on the Owls of Rice. Um, Baylor and actually an underrated team as well, I think, in the Big 12. They started out 2-0. and They've looked really good in their first two wins, putting up 56 points against Stephen F. Austin and then putting up 63 against UTSA. Rice, not so much, starting out 0-3 on the season, losing to Army, Wake Forest, and, of course, Texas last week. I, I, I'm going to go with Baylor. They're actually a 27 and a half point favorite, which is pretty high. Um, but Baylor coming off of a bye week, yeah, I, I, I like them on the road. I like the Bears on the road. Yeah, same here. Uh, this is going to be, I guess, another another gimme game for for Baylor. Just to add on to the win column, I'll keep it simple for you. And now we look at a game who, that I think could actually be. Pretty close. Um, Oklahoma State at Texas. This is a game to me where Texas seems to struggle with games like this. Games where, um, you know, they they shouldn't struggle with. Like, you know, they seem to play games where, like, ah, they'll play a close game against, you know, Texas Tech or um, they'll, they'll, you know, TCU even or – Oklahoma State. This is a game where I think it's going to be really close. So, look, Oklahoma State, they're sitting right there. At, I think we looked at it in terms of, like, votes when you look at the AP poll, others receiving votes. They're 27, correct? 27. And Texas, of course, being number 12 in the nation right now. Oklahoma State has started out 3-0, winning 52 to 36 over Oregon State, a Power 5 team, defeating McNeese 56-14 and Tulsa 40-20. to So offensively, the Cowboys have been looking pretty solid, but of course, so has Texas. They have put up more than 40, 45 points and above in all three of their games, even in or more than 30, 35, rather, in each of their three games, defeating Louisiana Tech 45-14, Defeating Rice 48-13, and of course losing to LSU in Austin 45-38, which is now a pretty legit loss. Which how with of course how well LSU has been playing. I think this is going to be a really close game, and the spread indicates that as well. It's only a five point spread in favor of Texas. I agree, and I agree with the winner as well. I'm going to pick Texas, and I think it could be a high-scoring game as well. The over-under is 73 points. I would take the over. Um, both of these offenses have been just bombing it down the field, um, p- putting up touchdown after touchdown. I was like, <laughs> um, both of these quarterbacks so far this season have been playing really, really well. Sanders for Oklahoma State and, of course, Sam Ellinger for Texas have been playing really well. So I like Texas in a high-scoring close game. In Austin. I'm going to agree with you. 
Oklahoma State's definitely going to play it close. I think this is a game that Texas really needs to pay attention to because Oklahoma State at this point is a legitimate threat to make some noise in the Big 12. So pay attention to that game. That that could be a, a potential uh, good football game. But I'm going to take the Longhorns. I think because they're really more put together than I think Oklahoma State is, despite the start for Oklahoma State, I'm going to take the Longhorns. Now that wraps it up for the Big 12. So now we will move into our excuse me, our final conference here to preview on Tuesday takeover, the SEC. There's some big games in the SEC. There this are week. some very big games in the SEC this week, and we will start with we're not going to pick all of these games um but we'll I guess we'll kind of preview them. Unless do you want to pick them all? I mean, we can. I mean, I don't see We'll get we won't we won't talk about them all, but we'll pick them all. So let's start with the games that we won't talk about, but we're going to pick anyway. Alabama at Southern Miss. Roll Tide. Southern Miss at Alabama at home. Roll Tide. Yep. Um, and then we have um, South Carolina at Missouri. Let's go with San Jose State at Arkansas. I think I'll take the Razorbacks. Yeah, I'll take the okay. Razorbacks at home. I think I think uh, Nick Starkles is a pretty solid starting quarterback. Maybe they're starting to move in a better direction. Give me the Razorbacks. Uh, Georgia, we already talked about at Notre Dame. We both picked the Bulldogs. We'll talk a little bit here briefly about the local team. The Tigers will play host to South Carolina. Look, the Tigers have, I think, maybe corrected some of their mistakes that they saw in week one against Wyoming. Um, South Carolina off to a sluggish start. Of course, losing to North Carolina and then getting um, met by Alabama last week. So I think I'm going to take the Tigers in this one. Um, would you agree? Yeah, I'm going to take the Tigers. I think Kelly Bryant is moving this offense in the right agree. direction. Um, they're a pretty legitimate threat in the SEC, although they're not going to be able to compete in postseason. I still think they're going to make it significant noise. Give me the Tigers. Um We'll go next to number nine, Florida. We'll be taking on the Volunteers of Tennessee. Tennessee off to a really slow start this season. Florida now without their starting quarterback. It's in Gainesville, so I'll probably give the edge to the Gators. Um, I think that home crowd helps um, Task. Task is his name, right? Um, backup quarterback for Florida. Um for the Gators in Gainesville, I, yeah, I'm going to take them over. Look, the Volunteers have gotten off to a pretty slow start. Of course, obviously losing to Georgia State and then losing to BYU in double overtime. Um, so I'm going to give the Gators the win in this one. I'm going to take the Gators. I think Tennessee is going to give them similar trouble as Kentucky. Maybe not as late. Maybe not go as late as that. Maybe not yeah. as close. But they're going to give them similar trouble because okay. you got that. a new you got a new starter coming in here. Uh, I know we played great against Kentucky in the stretch and closed the game out. I could see that, but Tennessee will give them some trouble. But I'll still take the Gators. The next one I want to go out go at is actually a ranked matchup. However, it's a ranked team for the opponent. Number twenty three, California, will be taking on the Ole Miss Rebels. Um, this is a team in California who's actually started out pretty well. Um, they defeated Washington on the road, and that was a team 
Washington was ranked number 14 at the time. They won 20 to 19. They also defeated UC Davis and the University of North Texas, whereas Ole Miss started out on the road at Memphis and took the and lost 15 to 10. But then they bounced back and beat Arkansas 31 to 17, and um, they defeated Southeast Louisiana 40 to 29. I think this could actually be a close game as well. Um, but I'm going to give the edge to California. On the road, oh boy, this is close. The spread on this game is two and a half points in favor of Ole Miss. I think this is going to be a really close game. I'm still going to take my gut, and I'm going to go with California. Hmm. Ole Miss, uh, typically their offense scores more. Um, They're... You know, they're outscoring opponents by about seven points, give or take. Their defense, though, does allow 366 yards of offense. Uh, The rushing game, they've kind of shut down, which if you look at the rushing game for Cal, they have a pretty significant rushing game where they rely on them. Um, Give me Ole Miss at home. I like Ole Miss over over, uh, Cal. And then we look at LSU at Vanderbilt. Um, this is an interconference SEC um, matchup. Uh, I'm going to go with LSU. They're, they've looked like a top six team in the country for sure with the way Joe Burrow's playing. And Vanderbilt, not off to a great start. No, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. Give me LSU. Joe Burrow's is lights out right now. Uh Go Tigers. And I think now the next biggest matchup in the SEC, Auburn, the number eight team in the nation, heads to the 12th man college station to take on the Aggies of Texas A&M. Right now, it is a, let's see, a three and a half point favor in favor of A&M. That home crowd is seriously no joke in college station. Um, Texas A&M, 2-1. Of course, their one loss came to Clemson on the road in Clemson, so a legitimate opponent there. And Auburn has looked really impressive, defeating Oregon in Week 1, Tulane, Kent State. Both offenses are really good. I mean, really, you look at it, this is a really even matchup. Look at this. Total yards, 465. This is offense. 465 for Auburn, 466 for Texas A&M. You look at defense, 290 for Auburn, 270 for Texas A&M. I mean, these teams on paper are so even. Auburn averaging 35 a game, A&M averaging 37 a game. A&M only giving up 11 a game, Auburn only giving up 14 a game. On paper, they're just so even. Both quarterbacks, Bo Nix for Auburn, of course, the, the freshman Four touchdowns on the year, 545 yards. Kellen Mond, of course, one of the more elite quarterbacks in the SEC. Five touchdowns, 740 yards. Oh, man, this is a really close game. I, you know, I think I'm going to go with the upset. I'm going to pick Texas A&M at home. Jimbo Fisher, I think, outcoaches Gus Malzahn and Kellen Mond, Really feeds off of that home crowd. A 2.30 p.m. kickoff. That stadium is no joke. I'm going to go with the Aggies. Upset over the Tigers. I'm going to agree with you. Wow. All I right. really do. Um, 
simply because this is Bo Nix's first SEC matchup. It is. And you got to go on the road and play a ranked A&M team. It's a uh, tough start in the road, road game. That's a tough start for a true freshman. Yes. And he struggled against a sub sub radar Oregon team that was supposed to be really good and they're still pretty good but he struggled against them and A&M I think A&M's better than Oregon is right now. I would too. So I'm going to take A&M at home as well. I think I think their home crowd advantage is going to be a little too much for Auburn. Uh this is where that top 8 is shaking up. I said that way okay. earlier in the yeah. show. This is where this top eight is shaking up, as well as the Notre Dame game. As well as game. Notre Dame, yeah. This is where the shakeup is. So give me A&M at home. Give me the Aggies. That AP poll is going to be crazy. So stay tuned next week Next week to see how Ron, Nolan, and I were on our picks. We've been right so far. I think it's definitely going to shake up um, after week th- uh, What are we? four now. Week four now. So er, Yes, week four. So coming up next, there's an interesting article on ESPN for the way early bull projections for this end of the season based on where teams are at after week three. So we're going to look at some of those teams, some of the teams, the local that we cover here. Where are they going to go bowling? Stay tuned. You're listening to Tuesday Takeover on X106. Every Thursday, feel free to come hang out with us at Student Media Day. You listen to me, and you listen good. You can grab a copy of the newspaper, sit in on Cat Chat, request a song, and participate live on X106. That's what I was telling you before! It's Student Media Day, every Thursday from 11 to 1 in the second floor of the Student Union. If you like the X106 sports team, make sure to check out our podcast and Bearcat Athletic Sports Updates. You can find those on iTunes, Spotify, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, and other podcast outlets. Even if you missed us live, we will always be there one click away in your pocket or on your laptop. X106 Sports. time to dot the I in Ohio. It's time to war eagle. It's time to boomer sooner. And it's time to play like a champion today. It's time for Tuesday Takeover. Be sure to catch Nolan Brooks and your host, Austin McNorton, as they bring you all the latest news in the world of college football. Every Tuesday, 4 to 6, right here on KZLX 106.7, The X. Off of turn number four, two drivers run door-to-door, beating and banging, racing to get to the checkered flag. Except now it's Monday, and you've missed it. Every Monday from 3 to 4, Jacob Blair and Trevor Mater will get you up to speed on everything in the racing world. Race analysis, results, current driver standings, and the biggest storylines in the world of NASCAR and IndyCar. Listen live on the TuneIn app. Every Monday, 3 to 4, on X106. Austin McNorton, Nolan Brooks here with you to wrap it up on a Tuesday Eve. And there's a very interesting article that came out on ESPN.com that has early um, bowl projections for uh, which just after week three. So it's just going off of week three. Um, And we look at it. So we'll start with the college football playoffs. And... Um, 
so a lot of it is Clemson of a lot of the teams, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Georgia are the four team five teams that I'm seeing varied between the two college football analysts that are picking um, who wrote this article together. Um, if I were to pick, okay, so here's what I'll ask. Just solely based off of week three. This doesn't have to be what you what you think it'll be in the end. But solely based off of week three, who's in the college football championship game? In the national, in the title, national game? title game. Just solely based off what we've seen in the first three weeks, who's in, who's in the college football playoff national title game? As much as it pains people to hear, I put Alabama, I'd put Alabama in it. Alabama taking on? This is where it gets tough. Just solely based on week three. This isn't obviously what we're gonna what we think at the end of the season because we've we said that on show one what we think. Just solely based off of week three, who you got taking on the Crimson Tide? Hmm. I would almost put Clemson in there. Okay, give me another so rematch. Okay, I, I that that pains me because that's, that's so, who I have at the end of the year. That's so cliche. And it pains me to be cliche, but it be it would be stupid. I mean, it's a very safe bet. It would be stupid to not put them in a rematch. For me, just solely based off of week three, who's impressed me the most. And this, is, this isn't who I have at the end, but who I have right now, I have Alabama and Oklahoma. Those two teams, I have both of them in the college football playoff in the end. Um, those two teams have impressed me the most. Just from what I've seen, I think Jalen Hurts has been a lot better than I expected. Um, and... I think Alabama defensively is back on another beast level. And then what we saw from Tua last week is showing that, oh, yeah, I'm still a quarterback in this, in this, nation, in, in this college football playoff race. Don't forget about me. <laughs> like, yeah, I know Jake Fromm's playing well. I know Jalen Hurts is playing well. I know Justin Fields is playing well. But I'm playing well, too. Um, so I would, after solely based off of week three, I would pick Alabama and, Ohio, and Oklahoma. Okay. And I would actually have Ohio State in my college football playoff. Just solely based off of week three. This isn't what I have at the end, but just solely based off of week three, I think I think that's interesting. Um and you it's just have and you have you have Alabama and Clemson in your title game at the end. And so do I. That's who I have at the end. I just think solely based off of who's impressed me the most for, throughout the first three weeks of college football, it's been those two teams. And what's interesting about Clemson, they have impressed me in the sense of Last year, they were just murdering teams, Accurate. pulling people out. Accurate. This year, they're preserving Trevor Lawrence, and it's that is true. Maybe think, that's why. That's think. Good point. Think about it. It looks fantastic how they are preserving Trevor Lawrence for the later half. And maybe of the that's season. why they haven't impressed me so much in this week three because he hasn't been out there the whole game. But that's why they have impressed me. Okay. You took you took Trevor Lawrence, who was out throwing teams last year and looked phenomenal as a true freshman. And he's not even having to do anything. This now. year he don't got to. The defense knows he's a legitimate quarterback for this team. It's the Jacob Blair model of Exactly. We're gonna score They're four times it. and defense is gonna win us the game. They're doing it. They they impress me because they are preserving Trevor Lawrence, so later in the season he's not beat down tired because he's having to yeah. because he's putting up forty points a game. True. He's not beat down tired. You put him in a playoff game against Oklahoma, and he's fully 100% energy ready to go. Oh, man. Looks <laughs> scary. 
They are. I don't care how Jalen Hurts plays, and I don't care how Oklahoma looks if that's a matchup that okay. ends up happening. Okay. Man, Clemson is, will be scary because they're preserving be, yeah. Trevor Lawrence for the end of the year. And then, so yeah, so then we look at the remaining – the, all the other bowl games. So I think it's funny that some of these games are already being projected. I mean, you look at the the Celebration Bowl, which has North Carolina A and T versus Alcorn State. I mean, how how are these matchups already being projected? Anyway, <laughs> we'll move past it and we'll scroll to um, some of the teams that we cover here on Tuesday Takeover. That being Iowa, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, um, and the first team as I'm scrolling down here, that we come up against is Nebraska in the Quick Lane Bowl taking on Florida State. Um, And I think that would be an interesting matchup. I think that would be a disappointing um, result for Nebraska um, and for Florida State at that matter. Two of the most well-respected elite programs in the country when it terms terms of college football. Featured in the Quick Lane Bowl, in the uh, Pinstripe Bowl, Michigan State, NC State, in the Texas Bowl, you have TCU, A and M, or Baylor Army. I think Baylor Army would be a really fun bowl game to watch. Um, and then you have the San Diego Credit. <laughs> this is just a terrible San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. Come on. Um, <laughs> Iowa taking on Oregon. Boy, I think that would be a fun matchup. Um, this is a consensus one here between the two riders. The Cheez-It Bowl, which is the Cactus Bowl, but is now named the Cheez-It Bowl in Arizona. Iowa State taking on USC. I think that would be a really interesting game. The Camping World Bowl um, features Kansas State versus North Carolina. So that could be a really interesting matchup between Mac Brown taking on a Big 12 opponent. North Carolina surprising a lot of people. Um, Kansas State surprising a lot of people. Um, a lot of people have Notre Dame in the Cotton Bowl. Nolan heavily disagrees. Um, <laughs> Texas Tech in the First Responder Bowl. Um, we look at... I'm trying to find Missouri here on this list. That's the last team because I'm sorry, Nolan, but Kansas did not. Make Missouri's it. not going to be in there because they they're. Oh yeah, Missouri's not in because they're banned. And I was like, man, where are they? I was like, yeah, they're, they're banned. So yeah, I think if scrolling through all of scrolling through all the matchups there, what's one that you think would be really intrigued? Because for me, it's New Year's Day um, rematch between. Texas and Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. I think that's one that would be really intriguing. Put me right in that. I think okay, that would be you a, have that one too. Okay. Come on, that would be a great game. I think it would too. If just hypothetically Georgia doesn't make – doesn't make. Uh, I think Oklahoma State, Washington State's another one. I just hypothetically really Georgia good. doesn't make the college football playoff. Hypothetically. They play Texas in a bowl game. I'll watch that. I mean, That'd they did last great. year and it was great. Exactly. So I'd watch it. <laughs> That would be my game to watch. I agree with it, 100%. I know. Why are we talking about bowl season? You know, I don't even. <laughs> way too far out, it's, but hey. It's way too far it's out. worth it. I don't want to think about the winter months because up here in Maryville, boy, does it get brutal. It's sunny out right now. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Thanks for tuning in to Tuesday Takeover. For Nolan Brooks, I've been Austin McNorton, and you've been listening to KZLX 106.7, The X. We'll see you next 
Actually, I won't be here next week. I'm going to Dallas, Texas um, for a radio convention. So Nolan will be hosting the show Tuesday at 4. So stay tuned for that. He may have a, a guest with him on the show. Um, stay tuned for updates on that. Thanks for tuning in this week. Enjoy your weekend of college football. It's going to be great.